Welcome to Silent Symptoms, a black mental health podcast. I am your host, Katasso Fridge, a Florida-based therapist. This podcast focuses on mental health, stigmas, and social injustices that affect the black community. This podcast was created to bring awareness about mental health and can be used as an educational guide, but this is not to be used as a replacement for seeking help from a therapist. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Silent Symptoms of Black Mental Health Podcast. I am your host. So today I wanted to talk about microaggressions. Why microaggressions? Because a lot of people experience microaggressions on a daily basis out of work, in the professional world, every single place that you can think of. What are microaggressions, might you ask? So microaggressions are actually statements, behaviors, comments, and they're meant to be snub. Sometimes they're direct, sometimes they're indirect. So this may be intentional or unintentional. There are people out there who actually make these comments not knowing that they may come off as offensive. So. I'm actually one person that has dealt with microaggressions in different environments. Number one, I'm a black woman, a professional one at that, that is an immigrant. An immigrant? Yes, an immigrant. So when I first moved here, I actually came all the way from South Africa. I was really young and a lot of people um, were coming up to me. Are you the girl from Africa? Uh, yeah. And they would say, oh, but you don't look like you're from Africa. But what do people from Africa look like? Well, think about it. They thought that they were giving me a compliment. What they see on television is poor people living in shacks, a third world country, um, nowhere to go. There are no clothes, just a poor suffering. And how could you blame them? Because when I first moved here, I would see commercials about save your children or save our children. I can't remember what it's called. And the kids were drinking water and they were asking for two cents donations or a cent donation to be sent over to Africa for these poor, poor children. So people didn't expect me to look the way that I did. Like a black person. Not dark, 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 which has a terrible stigma. And I feel like it doesn't matter if I looked like I'm from Africa, I'm putting quotation marks in the air. It doesn't matter. What does a a person from Africa look like? Well, there are white people in Africa. Most people didn't even know that. This is what I call first world problems. So when people live in a first world, they don't educate themselves enough about what's going on around the world. So when they start to educate themselves, they'll get an understanding of what it's like to come from a different country and what happens in other countries besides the United States, right? A lot of third world countries get in-depth education about what it means to live in a first world country, a third world country, or everything that's going on around the world. We just don't focus on like American history, South African history, we focus on world history so that when we go out in the world, 
we're not ignorant. And I think that microaggressions come from ignorance because a lot of times people make comments they don't necessarily feel like they're saying something wrong. Like some of the comments that could be microaggressive are, your hair looks good today. So are you trying to say my hair doesn't look good every other day? Oh wow, your hair looks big today. What does that mean? Are you saying something about my natural hair? Oh, your locks look so neat. Oh my goodness. You are so articulated. So what are you saying? Especially when you say that to people who are immigrants or people who are minorities. A lot of microaggressions actually happen to people who are um, marginalized or considered to be of the minority, like the LGBT community, um, people of color, and also people who are immigrants or people who aren't within the status quo, like women. And like a lot of times people feel like, oh, women are not minorities. Yes, they are, right? And when you look at the bigger picture, sometimes uh, other people are considered minorities that don't necessarily fit the picture. Some people feel like man can't be uh, a minority. It depends on what circumstances. For instance, a white man that comes from a different country can still be considered a minority because they have that part of them that is not part of the status quo. When you see a white man, you feel like they're from America or from some privileged background. Sometimes that's not true, but most of the time, they are the majority. So when you think about it, like some of the microaggressions people can experience in the workplace are when people are like, oh my God, you have surpassed my expectations. Or you sounded so articulated in that conversation that we had with the manager or the director. Or comments that really don't add up to be what they're meant to be. Like if you come to me and say, ask me as a black woman, as an immigrant and say, who taught you how to speak that well? Where are you from? I may take offense to that, right? Um, when I was growing up, actually, and when I first moved to America, a lot of my teacher actually were very microaggressive. They actually made comments about, so what kind of clothes do you wear in Africa? How did you get here? Did Oprah bring you here? That is very, very microaggressive. And my mom also has an accent, so you know she gets all of those questions asked all the time. There was a time where people were like, well, how did you get here? Um, I swam. That's what I would tell them. I swam all the way from Africa to America and some people actually believed it, which is so ridiculous, right? Because they are so used to like things being so easy or things like don't require research. Well, there's no way I could swim all the way here, right? Some people assume that you're illegal. Who knows? That's their journey to walk. Another thing based on today's climate, when you think about, you know, all lives matter versus black lives matter, a lot of people say, well, I mean, if black people would just comply with police officers, then they wouldn't get shot. Really? 
that is very microaggressive. Or, well, all lives matter. Why do black lives have to be the ones that matter the most? That's not what that means. It means that at this given moment, there are things that black people are going through that actually take precedence of a lot of issues that we're experiencing right now. And we need that allyship for people from different races. It's not an easy thing to do when you're an ally uh, for situations that are not typically cared for, like black lives. So just because we say black lives matter doesn't mean that all lives don't matter, right? That is all included in that narrative. We're all trying to work together to see how we could create an environment that is conducive to black people and conducive to America. And a lot of people don't get that. And it's, it's so sad to see, but at the end of the day, if you don't know better, you won't do better, right? So I want you guys to really take the opportunity to think about the things that you say to people before you actually say them. And I've also, you know, experienced these things from black people because we don't know, right? The questions about the immigration and the, what did you wear? Or sometimes people want to be funny. I don't take offense to it because I know better. I know that ignorance is bliss and when people find things funny, they find it funny. But at the end of the day, like I pride myself in giving education to people that don't know about microaggressions or don't know about immigrants or being a black person or, you know, other people can share their experiences being of the LGBTQ community. So each person has a responsibility to play in the role of microaggressions because I can be guilty of that if I continue down the path of, you know, ignorance at some point if i am giving somebody a compliment that's not really a compliment like earlier i mentioned oh your hair looks good today if i said that to someone that would be offensive because somebody will be like what do you mean right or okay but a lot of times i hear people saying that you know or your outfit today it's a lot different than you usually have it so what are you saying right so it's the little things that we say to people that can actually play an effect on how they view themselves or how others view them. So what are the steps can we take to address all of these microaggressions in and out of work? Number one, you really, really have to discern. That's the first step. Discern whether or not you want to address the situation. Discern of, about how that makes you feel. Are you feeling offended that the person do it on purpose? Has it happened multiple times, right? So you think about those things and then you decide how you're going to take course from there. Number two, disarm. When you disarm someone, you are trying to have that uncomfortable conversation. So you're disarming them, letting them know that it makes you feel uncomfortable. So you're directly sitting them down and addressing it and telling them all the reasons why it is wrong. So it's educational. Even though we're saying disarm, it's educational. And when we talk about defying, this is my favorite one of them all. So my favorite line when people say things that may be rude, that make me feel uncomfortable or a little weird, I say, what do you mean by that? Because a lot of times people 
have no idea that they may be confronted in that way. They're going to be like, um, um, what do you mean by that? So you're having an open dialogue, although you understand what they truly meant, you're allowing them to explain themselves in such a way that um, you can understand or for them to recognize what I just said was really ignorant. And a lot of times people say, well, 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 I was just trying to um, give you a compliment. You don't look like you're from Africa or you sound like you can articulate yourself. I feel like that's a compliment. And that's your opportunity to kind of give an explanation as to why somebody may view that as offensive. So you pose the question and they give you an answer as to why they said what they said. And sometimes they may backtrack. Oh, I didn't mean it like that because they understand what they just said was rude. And then the last one is decide. Decide if you want to do any of the above, because at the end of the day, everyone is different. We address situation in different manners. We really don't all want to uh, go through the list of trying to disarm someone, discern, or even defy. We probably may let it go, but I don't recommend you letting these comments go because it will continue to happen. And the best way to do it is not being confrontational, but being educational. A lot of times people don't know, or sometimes they do it on purpose. So when you educate them, they won't do it again because they know that you caught them red handed. And microaggressions can show up in every different kind of way. It could be very small, but it could also be major. And a lot of minorities, minorities experience it at work. And sometimes they get given more work than the average person. Oh, you're such an overachiever. Oh, you exceed my expectations. So I feel like you should take on more projects. And then you're taking on more projects than your other counterparts who are not of a minority. That can be very offensive if it bothers you or if it takes a toll on you for an extended period of time, it is time for you to address it. Because sometimes when people are being microaggressive, they're not oblivious. They know what they're doing. Sometimes they're taking advantage of who you are as a person. Us minorities, we are overachievers by default, right? We were always told that we have to prove ourselves. So what do we do? We take on other people's work. We do extremely too much. We work harder than the average person because think about it. If we don't work harder than the average person, they might let us go because we're a minority. But that doesn't mean that we don't have rights. So we have to learn how to cut those things off and address them as they are. A closed mouth does not get fed. And I want you guys to get an understanding of that. If you allow somebody to constantly overwork you, use you, talk to you in any kind of way, being passive aggressive, it is going to take a toll on you and you're probably gonna end up number one, quitting your job, ending that friendship or walking away from whatever situation you're going through at that moment because you did not address it. Once you address it and there's no change behavior in your workplace or in your outside life, that means that you have some changes to make. So please, before allowing somebody to go through the process of being aggressive to you, typically passive aggressive, try those four on the list. So you're gonna discern, decide, 
defy or disarm. So I said that last little two are kind of backwards. So I typically say <laughs> the disarm comes after discerning. But it's however you want to do. There's no real list of how you need to go through it. But those are the things that you typically need to think about as you move forward. Okay. So if you guys have any questions and concerns about moving forward in a microaggressive environment inside of the workplace and outside of the workplace, let me know. And if you have any topics that you want me to cover, I'm more than happy to do so. Some of you guys send me emails to ask about a topic that I need to cover. So go ahead and link me, follow me, like, share, and subscribe at Silent Symptoms Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can catch us on Anchor and all your favorite media streams. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Silent Symptoms Podcast. Let us know if you have any feedback or topics that you would like to hear. 